The Veterans Report is sponsored by James Cannon. Welcome to the Veterans Report, the region's only show dedicated to those who have served our country. We have the latest news and information on resources available to veterans, including health care, education, employment tips, local volunteer organizations, and more. To those who have served, those who are serving, and to those who will, we salute you. And now, the host of the Veterans Report, Jim Cannon. Hey, and welcome to the Veterans Report. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I do want to let everybody know that we have, at the half-hour mark, we have our guest, Gina Elise with Pinups for Vets. That's right, I said Pinups. Uh, think old-style 1940s, 1950s Pinups. And uh, so Gina's going to come on. She's going to tell us uh, what's happening with her organization. They're really well-known. They've been doing a lot for veterans uh, over the years, and uh, they have some new, uh, well, she has some information, some updated information uh, for the rest of the year and into 2019. So it's, it's going to be good stuff. So tune in, listen. Um, Gina's awesome. The organization is awesome. Um, and it's, uh, should be a good interview. So hang in there till the halfway mark. Um, I also want to, usually I jump right into the news and, um, today, I don't know if uh, I'm assuming most of you have been paying attention to the news. I'm not going to go, uh, too far into the weeds on this, but, uh, we broadcast out of Pittsburgh and, uh, we all kind of woke up today to, you know, it was gray and miserable and rainy, you know, typical Pittsburgh weather about 11 months of the year. Um, <laughs> woke up, stumbled down to get some coffee and heard the news about, uh, a shooting in a, um, a synagogue here, right, right in the city, um, in, in sort of what is, uh, known as the Jewish, uh, predominantly Jewish section of Pittsburgh, um, which is bizarre because Pittsburgh has a, uh, you know, in terms of, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Openness or, or acceptance or whatever it is. Uh, everybody here seems to get along when it comes to religion. I know there are some cities where it's, you know, people butt heads and they, you know, there, there is actual strife, not here. Uh, this is one of those few places in the country where you have huge populations of Catholics, huge populations of Jews, huge populations of Sikhs, uh, Muslims. I mean, you, you name it, they're here, and nobody cares. You know what I mean? Like, everybody just gets along. Everybody can sit at the same table. We overlook religion in this city. It's not at the forefront. Um, you know, and I, I know a couple of people that are, are uh, members of the actual synagogue where this happened, uh, and it's it's— We've had shootings here before. A bunch of cities have, and I hate to say it, but I think we've gotten to the point in our society where we're kind of numb, and we go, oh, "Okay, well, there's there's another shooting. You know, there's three three people dead or eight people dead or whatever it is." Um, to have it happen, not only here, uh, in the numbers that it did, I think the last count was eleven, but at a synagogue, is uh, that's that's probably the big kicker for this city. Because everybody here looks at themselves as pretty open-minded, um, no matter what side of the aisle you're on—right, left, uh, you know, conservative, liberal, whatever. Uh, everybody here is 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 open-minded. It's an, it's becoming, a, you know, it's this is not the steel city it was 40 years ago, right? This is a this is a modern city with a lot of technology flowing through it. A lot of young people, um, a lot of—I hate to use the word tolerance because it's overused, but tolerance does apply here. And uh, to have this happen in a synagogue is just. It's a kick in the gut for everybody here. So, um, you know, like I said, other cities have been through it, and and everybody always comes back strong. But man, this was this was bad. So, uh, you know, prayers are with everybody who was who was affected by this. And we know that the city's going to come together. The city's going to rally behind these folks, 
and you know patch it up and make it better and and try to carry through but uh it's going to take a bit so uh, appreciate everybody if, you, if you're not in pittsburgh uh, if you're outside the city and you know anybody here just hit them up and i don't know say hello pass on your thoughts but um absolute absolute tragedy today so <clears throat> um so anyway we'll get we'll get past that um where was i going yeah that was <laughs> that's pretty dire so oh so there is a a new museum oh no before we even get into that i do want to say if you want to listen to uh, the sound, sound file. <laughs> if you want to hear the show uh, online, obviously it's live streaming right now uh, through KHB. You can also use the TuneIn app. You can um, uh, you can catch us later on theveteransreport.com. Uh, also, also, oh, and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We're on all of them. We're also on the podcasts. Uh, what is it? iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. So we're all, we're all over the place. Also, I have to recommend our partners at WTF Nation Radio. Uh, they are rocking the online world. Um, the shows that are on are awesome. They have fantastic guests. I, I can't even I can't even go through them all, uh, given the depth of of their bench and their roster. But WTF Nation Radio, check them out. They're online, uh, doing some good stuff. They have some great personalities. I don't know. Um, if they're still looking for somebody to help out too, but they were. And so if you're interested, uh, if you had the right kind of background, tee it up, man, you might have some fun. So now back to the news. Uh, what are we running through today? A new museum. The VA is making some progress, a disturbing trend at veterans, memorials and cemeteries. And of course, politics. So first up a new museum, right? Uh, A new museum honoring America's veterans opens in Ohio. A new museum in Columbus, Ohio, Columbus, opened October 27th in advance of the 100th anniversary of the end of World War One, And it's aiming, oh, I'm sorry, uh, I'm skipping around here. The National Veterans Memorial and Museum, the NVMM, a product of a local public-private partnership, sees itself as an institution devoted to highlighting the veteran's voice. We realize there is no National Veterans Museum, says Amy Taylor, the chief operating officer of the nonprofit Columbus Downtown Development Corporation. We wanted to tell the story of all veterans and the similarities in their stories across different times and branches, whether they served in conflict or during peacetime. Uh, so it's on the it's on the river, the Scioto River in downtown Columbus. And there's a picture on the Veterans Report website. You want to if you want to check it out or Google it. The NVMM, uh, kind of a neat looking place. I mean, it's it's very modern looking. Very, uh, it's an it's an interesting structure. So, uh, but they have all kinds of stuff that they're going to put in there. Um, one of the exhibits highlights over two dozen vets who capture the experience of their era. That's a quote. Sometimes in unexpected ways. For example, there's Deborah Sampson, a Massachusetts woman, who disguised herself as a man in order to serve in the Revolutionary War. Or Master Sergeant, and I know a lot of you have heard of this guy, Master Sergeant Roy Benavides, who received the Medal of Honor for saving the lives of at least eight men during the Vietnam War in a six-hour battle. 
in which he sustained seven gunshot wounds and shrapnel throughout his body. And if you have a second, check out his story. They actually thought he was dead. And they started to load him on the chopper as a, as a KIA um, <laughs> when he, when he uh, woke up. So, But, yeah, there's a big video online about him. Um, the museum is not, this is what they want to emphasize, the museum is not a collecting institution. No long hallways of historic objects or, an ex- or expansive displays of military artifacts. But it has stories. Beyond the letters, the museum has hours and hours of videos of veterans sharing their memories and thoughts about their time in the military. Uh, We hope one day to become the clearinghouse of veteran voices, says Samir Bittar, the museum's director and an Army veteran himself. You can imagine film producers or authors or podcasters in the future coming here for authentic from the veteran voices. Which I have to tell you, Samir, is not a bad idea. So... Columbus is not that far from Pittsburgh. About two and a half hour drive. Uh, or two hours if you drive like me. The stories are told in a compelling way or relatable way, but never in a sorrowful, 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 woe is me way, says Lieutenant General Michael Ferreter, who served 35 years in the Army and is now president and CEO of the museum. So uh, you might be thinking to yourself, because I was, I read this and I thought, uh, I don't know. They even address this. Why Columbus, Ohio, of all places? It's not like Columbus has a, a huge, uh, you know, active duty presence. Uh, it's because the community stepped up to meet the challenge, according to the story. Since the mid-1950s, the state capitol has been home to the Ohio Veterans Memorial, which was really just a convention center with a name that honored the state's vets. And as the downtown was being redeveloped, members of the business community um, led by a bunch of people I'm not going to read, as well as city and state officials, notably Senator John Glenn himself. Oh, they screwed this up. Uh, a Marine Corps veteran and famed astronaut saw an opportunity to tear down the existing, quote, memorial and build one worthy of its name. So uh, it was really a uh, it was a joint effort, right, with a whole bunch of people. Um, you know, the city, the Redevelopment Corporation, John Glenn, when he was when he was still alive. So that's why. <clears throat> interesting. Very interesting. So if you have a chance, if you're passing through Columbus, they have a museum devoted, dedicated to vets. So that's, uh, I, I think at some point when I have some free time, I have a free weekend, I'm going to swing over there and try to take a look. Um, definitely seems interesting. So uh, in VA news, and no, I'm not going to slam them today. I'm actually going to give them kudos. The VA announces milestone in modernizing veterans claims processing. The Department of Veterans Affairs announced this week that it has achieved a milestone in moving from its old paper records processing system to a new electronic one designed to expedite the claims decision process for vets. Check this out, right? This is why I'm not slamming them. The VA removed more than 7.8 million paper files from 60 locations in less than 22 months, enabling rapid scanning into VA's electronic claims processing system by multiple third-party vendors. The agency says this will lead to faster claims decisions for the vets waiting on them by moving from a cumbersome paper-intensive process to an efficient electronic process, resulting in a faster, more accurate, and transparent claims process. Uh, according to VA Secretary Robert Wilkie, improving the delivery of benefits and services to veterans is central to our mission. 
The significant effort will not only improve VA's claim process, it will also lead to quicker decisions for veterans because millions more records will be available electronically. So how about that? How about that? The VA making headway, um, you know, using technology and, and moving the ball down the field. So, again, kudos to the VA, right? Some of you, some of you more, more cynical folks out there might say, well, big deal. The VA should have done that anyway. Uh, and I get it. There are a lot of things the VA should have done. But when they do it and they get it right, let's give them a pat on the back. I mean, it's a huge, massive bureaucracy at the VA. takes a lot to get anything done in terms of uh, progress or momentum. And so, when hey, look, when they, when they do it, they do it, right? Let's encourage them. Let's encourage them. As, as veterans, let's encourage the VA to, to keep hustling, right? Keep the wind in the sails and keep moving. You're on a roll. And frankly, it's going to help a lot of folks, right? So I've also noticed, so I'm going to jump to something else because I can talk about the VA until I pass out, but... Um, so there's a new kind of trend I've noticed, right? And let me here, – here's the story I picked up on, but this is, this is where I clicked for me. Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Dorchester, uh, up in Massachusetts, damaged by vandal. Right? That's the headline. The Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Dorchester was vandalized this week, and state police are searching for those responsible for the defacement – which left the stone memorial damaged and an American flag cut in half. Bricks had been thrown at the memorial, leaving marks on the stone. An American flag was cut up, and a Massachusetts flag was taken off its pole and found near trees with trash littered on top of it, state police said in a statement. The POW MIA flag was also missing from the memorial, and vegetation in the area was up rooted. Police are not sure precisely when the vandalism occurred, but it was before 3 p.m. on Thursday. The investigation is ongoing, and Massachusetts State Police ask anyone with information about the incident to call them at 617-740-7710. Now, I picked up on that story because um, not long ago, sometime this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, my brother who does not live too far from me, a couple miles, different town, but different couple of miles, put something online that showed a cemetery near his house had also been defaced. Somebody went in and, and yanked all the flags and the, uh, I don't know if you've seen them, like the bronze, uh, you know, the bronze uh, medallions that denote, you know, veteran status, right? Civil War, Revolutionary War, uh, whatever it is, right? It's got the star on it. It says, you know, uh, typically it has the U.S. or U.S. veteran. I, I don't remember offhand. But you know what I'm talking about, right? The bronze medals that are, or, or, or little bronze discs that are stuck by headstones in cemeteries. Well, somebody had gone in, and, and American flags, somebody had gone in and ripped all of those out, ripped all the flags out, um, and, and thrown everything around the cemetery. Now, the interesting thing about this is, uh, <clears throat> I shouldn't say interesting, the, the, the sorry thing about this is, not only does that cemetery have vets, uh, you know, from, from over the decades and over the years, it has Revolutionary War uh, veterans in that cemetery. And it was, I think, I, as I recall, the sign he posted said that the church itself, or maybe it was the cemetery, was established, okay, was established in 1776. 
Um, so that's, uh, <laughs> you know, for, for, and, and this isn't the, this is not, um, as unique as I think it once was. Maybe, maybe it's just a matter of people covering it more often. I don't know. Maybe it's a, a matter of people being more sensitive to it. But I don't think that's the case. I think this really is a trend. I think this is like the new thing, right? Now, I'm surely in some cases it's going to be uh, just kids acting like dopes and committing vandalism and you know, doing dumb stuff like kids do. I've done dumb stuff as a kid, right? I think most of us did. But I, I never, oh man, I never uh, at, at, at age 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, any age, would have ever considered, it would have never entered my mind to go into a cemetery. Uh, first of all, to go into a cemetery, period. It also would have never entered my mind to go into a cemetery with the intent of defacing anything. Uh, and it certainly, certainly would never have entered my mind at any spot in my life to go deface anything belonging to a veteran, especially, uh, you know, American flags. So, but this, this is not unique. We've, I've covered, I don't know how many stories on that in the last year, probably 10, 12. And that's just me, right? I'm not, I'm not pulling, you know, I'm not pulling every story that we get. So this is, um, it, it's a sad trend, and I don't know where it's coming from. I, I don't know if it's a, again, I don't know if it's, if it's, uh, you know, kids looking for something to sort of ramp up their game in terms of getting attention, or if there really is an overt, open, uh, you know, real hostility t- toward people who have served. I mean, especially people who served 250 years ago. Like that, and just, I don't know. Or is it the flag? Is it, is it the flag issue? And it just so happens that you're going to find flags at a, at a veteran's memorial, at a veteran's cemetery. You're going to find a flag that you can attack, right? Because that's, you know, I mean, that's, that's an easy target. So I don't, I don't know what it is, but it, it's disturbing. And again, I never would have thought of that. I don't know anybody sane who would have thought of doing something that stupid. That's just, that's uh, <laughs> off the radar insane. Um, but anyway, so that's that seems to be the new, the new thing, right? Defacing cemeteries and deface, defacing veterans' memorials, which is awful, disrespectful, and and sick. And I'm sure they'll catch them. It'll be a bunch of teenagers, and they'll you know they'll get a slap on the wrist. I should put them to work. Put them to work. Make them scrub sidewalks, right? Send them to empty malls to remediate the buildings. Put them in the bamboo box. So uh, politics, because we're running out of time here in the half. Uh, First story, Veterans Super PAC, funded by Jeff Bezos, pulls ad that attacked Democrat as traitor. A super PAC that works to elect military veterans to public office called With Honor Fund pulled an advertisement on Thursday that criticized a Democrat congressional candidate for not supporting the U.S. after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. The ad, check this out. So the ad attacked Lauren Bayer, a former State Department official and the Democrat running in Florida's 18th congressional district, as a traitor who refused to, quote, stand with us after 9-11. Because an article she wrote for her student paper in October of 2001, let that ring for a second, included some criticism of past U.S. foreign policy. 
With Honor Fund has endorsed Representative Brian Mast, Republican from Florida, the incumbent Bayer's running against. With Honor Fund faced external criticism and internal dissent after the ad was broadly publicized by Huffington Post and local Florida newspapers and television. So they are, they went after this lady. Um, and, and let me be clear here. I'm not picking a political side, even though I'm sure most of you understand where I'm coming from uh, in terms of my personal views. Uh, so, so this is almost 20 years after she, she wrote this dumb student newspaper Right, lambasting U.S. foreign policy. Some, uh, not even heavily, right? Because I don't have time to read all of it. It was basically like, ah, the U.S., uh, you know, we're not doing it right. Okay. So uh, almost 20 years after that, right, they're going to go after her because she decides to run for office. I I know, I know. I'm not naive. I get it, right? That's, That's the political game. But I'm sick of people being burned, right, for things they said or thought 20 years ago. I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking about murder. I'm not talking about like, you know, cross burning or, or, uh, an actual rape, uh, or, or anything that severe, I, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Fair game, right? They should not have a political career period. I'm talking about stuff like this, right? 20 years ago, she had the audacity, right? To, to proffer her opinion on us foreign policy in 2001, Right. A lot of things in the world have changed since then. Okay, a lot of things have changed. A lot of people's viewpoints and perspectives have changed. I guarantee there are a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, whatever, double frappuccino, soy latte, um, you know, vegans out there who before 2001, you know, thought everything was all good. After we're like, uh, yeah, we need to sort of button things down here. Right. It's a different world. Because it is. Right. But, but attacking foreign policy, attacking U.S. foreign policy, she didn't even attack it. She criticized it, which last time I thought, uh, last time I checked, I, I thought that was covered under the First Amendment, Mr. Mast. Mast should know better. Mast is a vet. Brian Mast is a combat veteran. For him to do this, uh, it, it, over the top, man, over the top. But, but going after U.S. foreign policy somehow in, in their mind, whoever designed this ad makes her a traitor. I guess that means 90% of the military uh, would fall under the definition of traitor since troops tend to sit around when they have free time and grouse about how if they were president, they would do things differently. If they were the ambassador, they would do things differently. Good Lord, man, give it a rest. Give it a rest. 20 years ago, a student newspaper. I mean, I'm glad they took the ad down. (laughs) But come on. Come on. You gonna call her a traitor for that? The mast cam- here's a qu- the mass campaign launched the first ad attacking Bayer's patriotism over her 2001 article one week prior to with Honor Fund. Mast also questioned Bayer's patriotism at a televised de- debate on Tuesday, which Bayer called, quote, a disgraceful misconstrual of what I said. With Honor Fund was founded in 2017 to elect more veterans from both political parties to Congress and other public offices. Its biggest donor is Amazon and Washington Post owner Jeff Bezos. That would be Jeff Bezos, the richest man on earth, who gave $10 million to the group in August, and his parents contributed another $2 million. So, and Bezos isn't exactly a conservative, folks. Think, think about how screwed up our political system is 
when you have a combat veteran, right, who ostensibly ran on, dur, 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 I, I fought for your rights, right? That that was right. I fought. Okay, cool. Attacking a woman for having an opinion in 2001, right, prior to basically the world erupting. And this is funded by, this group is funded by Jeff Bezos. That, that's, that's our political system right now. <laughs> you know, and you wonder why there's voter apathy, right? You wonder why people go, ah, why do I care? What am I going to do? Ah. Oh. And then there's a, you know, my follow-up story because I'm going to run out of time. Democrats recruit veterans as candidates in bid to retake the House. Uh, and it talks about vote vets, which is a hard-leaning, uh, hard-left-leaning, um, you know, recruitment effort by the Democrats. And uh, it also mentions with honor, the one I just talked about, right? So here's the deal. Democrats need a net gain of 23 House seats to regain control of the chamber, meaning the House, meaning uh, they will need to win some districts that President Trump won in 2016. Polling done in April by With Honor shows 67% of likely voters say that vets are more likely to put the interests of their country ahead of party. Though, though that same polling shows 58% of voters think party affiliation is the most important trait in a candidate. In Minnesota, a 70-year-old retiree, Carolyn Smith, who has long been a Democrat, supports uh, this Mr. Feehan, who I did not talk about, not only because of his veteran credentials, but because he says he's willing to work with the GOP. Um, Okay, Democrats' vet-centric strategy is endorsed at the top with the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, the House Democrats' campaign arm, focusing resources on 19 vets who are among the nearly 100 candidates in its, quote, red-to-blue program that aims to flip the House. They're positioning veterans in some Republican strongholds, modeling on the success of Democrat Connor Lamb, who in March won an upset special election in a Pittsburgh area district that Mr. Trump had carried by 20 percentage points. So uh, the gist of the story is Democrats uh, made a major point, and, you know, politically, I get it. I understand. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't disagree with their approach, right? The whole veteran thing seems to sell, right? It's a good, it's a good marketing ploy. It's a good tag to have. And I've talked about it, I don't know how many times on this show, though, with vets and political office. Being a veteran, okay, being, and I'll get back to the Democrats here, being a veteran by, in in and of itself, does not make you qualified to be an elected official. And no disrespect to Mr. Lamb, but that's basically what he ran on. He ran on, I'm a Marine, vote for me. No combat experience, virtually no real life experience, except law school. Um, that's what he ran on, and he won. Right? So it works. It works. Uh, and he beat a guy who, who was a retired, um, who had retired from the Air Force. Uh, I, I'm just throwing it out there that in and of itself, that status does not qualify you. And people like me are not going to throw a ballot um, toward your box solely because you're a veteran. I have voted in elections uh, for people who were running against vets. I've done that. I'm not going to vote for somebody just because they were in uniform. All right? And, and all of you who served, you know what I'm talking about, that people in uniform are no different than the people in regular society. It's just a different job. That's all it is. Different job, different work attire. Right? You run into the same kinds of people, the same kinds of, same kinds of good people, same kind of bad people. 
So just being a veteran by itself does not make you uh, effective, I guess, or intelligent or, or anything else, right? Or talented or, or Superman. And I wish people would stop with that on both sides, right? Republicans and Democrats. I wish they would quit doing that and putting it out front. And I wish veterans running for office would stop buying into it. I realize that they, they want that seat. They want to go for the ride. Um, but they're hanging themselves out there, and, and it looks foolish. It cheapens what we've done. So there. Um, so we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to have Gina Elise with Pinups for Vets. If you want to keep up with the latest in veteran news away from the radio, stop by our website at www.theveteransreport.com. There you'll find news headlines along with links to media outlets around the world. You can also find links to every state's veteran services office. And for you film buffs, there's even a link to a war movie database. We appreciate you stopping by the Facebook page at facebook.com slash theveteransreport. There, like the website, you'll find the latest news and information related to veterans. For you high-speed individuals who want to limit yourself to 140 characters, stop by our Twitter account. It's a great way to find information on veteran organizations throughout the country and what they're up to. You can tweet us by using at the Vets Report. If you'd like to email the show directly, please send us your input, comments, or suggestions to editor at theveteransreport.com. Thanks again for checking out our pages. Thanks for listening, and thank you for supporting our veterans community. And welcome back to the Veterans Report. Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, This is the second half of the hour, and we have with us our guest today. Uh, As promised and as described, we have Gina Elise, the founder of Pinup. Oh, I'm sorry, pinups for vets. How are you, Gina? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. It'd be helpful if I'd learn how to read. Um, so, hey, thanks a lot for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, a lot of vets are probably familiar with, uh, with with your organization, what you all do, um, at least, uh, I don't know, photographically. But uh, we want to get into more detail and, just, and walk through uh, pinups for vets, what it is, what you all are doing, and what's coming up in 2019. So, uh, let's start, you know, we can start sort of big picture and talk about the foundation. What What is uh, Pinups for Vets? Like if you had to give your elevator pitch describing the organization, mm-hmm. what is it? So Pinups for Vets is a nonprofit organization. We produce a World War II style pinup calendar every year. It features female veterans as the models. And the calendar serves as a fundraiser to support our various veteran and troop initiatives. And we do everything from donating state-of-the-art rehab equipment to VA hospitals nationwide to shipping care packages to deploy troops um, to a 50-state hospital tour where we're actually going into VA hospitals and delivering our calendars as gifts of appreciation to hospitalized veterans. Oh, that's fantastic. So now you, you are a nonprofit, right? You said that? Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I think that's an important distinction to make. Um, you know, we talk a lot. I've had GuideStar on here, I don't know how many times, and Charity Navigator. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, we, you know, we, we like to make that distinction between a for-profit and a nonprofit. Yeah. Because uh, it gives people options. Yes. Um, so that's great. Now, where are you based? I am based in Southern California. Ah, okay. San Diego-ish? Uh, LA, LA area. Okay. Okay. 
I won't hold that against you. That's fine. <laughs> uh, now, do you have any lo- other locations in the U.S., or is it all right out of that one spot? Um, we're based here, but we travel across the U.S. Oh, okay. Now, is that do you travel all year? Yeah, uh, for the for the hospital tour because we're visiting VA hospitals and state veterans homes all year. So, I mean, just this year alone, I've been in Washington D.C. We were visiting the Houston. Uh, Texas VA Hospital. Not long ago, I came back from Fayetteville, North Carolina. We were up in Northern California. Um, I think we're going back to Texas before the end of the year. So it's sort of uh, all the time. Man, you're racking up those frequent flyer miles. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Um, so let me let me let me backpedal a little bit. So how ma- So in your group, right? Pinups for vets. How, how big is the staff? How many are there? Well, I mean, I'm very lucky to have a lot of volunteers, and a lot of my volunteers are actually female veterans who contacted me because I think that it's important for them to find a sense of purpose after they've gotten out of the military, and they have heard about what we do and and think it's a very unique and fun way to give back to their fellow veterans. I like to say that we're making volunteering glamorous. And so <laughs> I actually hear from female veterans all the time, you know, how can I be involved? So the ladies that are involved with us, um, you know, they come to our hospital visits, dress up like 1940s style, and they come with me to deliver the calendars as gifts. And it's very special when we're in the hospitals because you know, when we enter the, the rooms at the VA hospitals, I'll introduce myself and I'll, I'll introduce, you know, whoever's with me and I'll say, oh, yeah, you know, she's a, she's a veteran. And the patient will say, she's a veteran? You know, she's all dressed up with the liber- Liberty Rolls in the hair and the 1940s style dress. So it's always a nice surprise for the patient. So uh, I was going to go, I was going to continue down that path, but let me, let me uh, step out of that for a second and, and back way up. I should have asked this from the get-go. Why? Why did you start this? I mean, did you have like a, was it based on a relative, like a family member being in the military or what, what's behind all this, Gina? So uh, my grandfather is a World War II Army veteran and it was basically back in 2006 that there were a lot of stories coming out about our troops coming back from Iraq and needing medical care and it really struck me and I wanted to do something to help out and I wanted to do something creative. I've always been a big fan of World War II nose art. They used to paint these beautiful women on the sides of aircraft during World War II to sort of boost the morale of the GIs and remind them of what they were fighting for. And I and they call it nose art because they would paint these beautiful women on the nose of the planes. So I've always been drawn to you know that kind of era and that aesthetic. And so I decided to create a fundraiser pinup calendar that we could use to raise money to support our veterans and troops today. And I I honestly never thought that it would turn into what it has. It was sort of just started as a side project, and I wanted to raise and donate that money to a local VA hospital. Um, And fast forward 13 years, here we are. (laughs) So you just did this to do it? Yes, I did it because I just feel that our... Troops and veterans should get the best possible care. They are sacrificing every day for us. And it was something that I felt so strongly about, and I, I wanted to spring into action to do something. Well, let me let me keep the spotlight on you for one more question, and then we'll get back to the organization. What, um, 
I, I, you know, having looked at it, it's fantastic photography, and I get the nose art thing. I've I've been a huge mm-hmm. fan of that. You know, my grandfather was a pilot in World War II, and mm-hmm. um, the nose art is so intriguing. What's your background? I mean, are you an artist by by trade or graphic designer? No, I would say. I mean, I've always been a big fan of the arts. I would say my background is more dance. I grew up as a dancer. I was a tap dancer, and I used to compete in tap. And so I've always loved, like, costuming and design and that kind of thing. So um, I'm not an artist, but I would say that uh, one of my skills is producing, and I've been doing that for a long time. I was, even in high school, I, you know, was uh, director of activities, and I was junior class president, so I was always, like, pulling a lot of elements together to create something. And so I feel that I'm doing the same thing today, you know, with the calendar and the hospital tour and our event, it's just mainly producing. Well, it's working because it, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's really cool. Um, this is such a unique uh, approach to, to helping vets. I mean, we have people doing all kinds of stuff, but this one, um, this one stands alone. Now I've, I've also noticed, and I don't, I'm not, I, I I don't want to uh, denigrate other efforts out there, but I've noticed that there have been a couple of, uh, for lack of a better term, copycat groups um, doing kind of the same thing um, or, or attempting to, I should say, sort of mimicking what you do. I guess that's flattery. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> you know, as long as they're giving back and you know, doing something good for the world. At the time when I started this, as far as I knew, there was nothing else out there like this. Um, and so, you know, it's, uh, I'm just glad to inspire others. Well, you say that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where were we with the question? Oh, oh, so the, so with the, um, with the women who volunteer and, it, and to be clear, it is all women, correct? We actually have male volunteers as well. And we have featured male veterans in our past calendars. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, but with, okay, so with the volunteers, mm-hmm. I'll have to, I'll have to scratch that out of my notes now with, <laughs> with the volunteers, is there like a, uh, like a tryout or a screening process they go through? Do they submit, is it like a talent competition? <laughs> well, as far as it's a little bit different. So as far as the calendar, we put out a casting notice usually every spring on our Facebook page and we receive submissions from all over the country. We're asking like if they can send us their picture along with why they would like to be a part of the calendar, talk to us a little bit about their military history, um, you know, what they did in the service. We, we want to learn more about them. We want to pick people with really great stories. Um, and just as far as volunteering, I mean, I have people all the time that reach out to us to ask us if they can help us out during hospital visits and at events. Um, and so they're just mainly, you know, reaching out to us through the website or through Facebook. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I assume you get a huge, huge response. Yes, especially that when that casting notice goes out for the calendar, because we'll, you know, obviously it's limited. We have 12 months, although I've really tried to squeeze in more people. And <laughs> so I'll put, you know, like in the month of November for Veterans Day, we have a whole group of female veterans in that month. So we have 19 female veterans in the 2019 calendar. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I've noticed on some of the pages you do double and triple and, and yeah. group shots, right? I, I do want to say it's a very special calendar for us because we are featuring our first female veteran who's an amputee, Kirsty Ennis, who's absolutely amazing and 
Uh, she's had quite a, a story. Her helicopter crashed in Afghanistan in 2012. She had to get an above-the-knee amputation along with so many other things. She had went through 44 surgeries, including facial reconstruction, and has become quite a trailblazer. She is currently uh, wants to summit all of the seven highest peaks in the world. She's already summited many of them, I think most of them. Oh, <laughs> she just got down from Mount Elbrus in Russia, and she's doing this on one leg, you know, and she has a prosthetic on the other. And um, we have her, she's Miss June in our 2019 edition. And I actually reached out to her through Instagram because I had followed her story for a while, and I wasn't sure if she was going to say yes, and she did. And it was actually the first time that she wore heels after she got her amputation. So it was a special moment for her. Oh, that had to be kind of... And for us. Yeah, it's sort of cathartic for her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's great. Christy Ennis. Christy. That's what I was going to... Okay. So um, with, the, with, the, with the folks featured in the calendar, mm-hmm. are they necessarily the same people who are going out to do these visits? Or is that, uh, is that sort of a separate... Crew. Um, I love. I would love them to be, but some of them are not uh, in California. Like we had people flying in from Virginia and New York, and so um, wow. I would love them to, you know, always attend with us, but just because of where they are, sometimes they can. But a lot of the girls do actually, because a lot of them are in California, and so it's great to have them in the hospitals with us when we're making our visits because then we can show the patient, oh, you know, right here, this is, you know, this is Miss February and she's right here in your room. And I don't know, it's just there's something special about it. And sometimes they'll wear the same exact thing that they're wearing in the calendar. So it's like this girl just walked right off the page, right, you know, right there. So I just, you should see the expressions on their faces when we go into the room. They almost can't believe it. They'll say, oh, my gosh, am I dreaming? Oh, that's wild. <laughs> that is so just cool. Just gets their mind off the fact that they're in the hospital. That's that's what we intend to do. You know, it's a lot of these veterans are going through a lot and a lot of challenges, and we want to just bring some joy and some light and some appreciation into their lives. And it's really interesting, you know, after we'll walk down a ward, and then we have to walk back to the elevator to, to go to the next floor, and I'll look in the rooms, and you'll see the veterans, like, flipping through their calendar <laughs> so that makes me really happy because it means that they're more focused on you know something fun at the moment so i mean this and doesn't think, oh i'm sorry go ahead no i just was going to say i think that's really important for healing oh yeah absolutely and 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 on so related to that with what you're doing obviously it has that uh, you know you you you've focused on the 1940s with that genre that that mm-hmm. era so obviously it's going to appeal to the World War II, the Korea guys, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit to the Nam guys. Does it? But I have to assume that for whatever reason it appeals to vets of all eras. Yeah, I think because pinup art is such an important part of military history, and so it resonates. Usually resonates with all veterans. So now you've mentioned the um, <clears throat> the 2019 calendar. Mm-hmm. which obviously is coming out soon. So how do people it's get out? A- it's already out. Oh, it's already out. Okay. It's actually been out since the summer. Okay. So how do people get it? Obviously from your website? Yeah, our website, pinupforvets.com. And we have uh, sort of a trifecta where you can order one for yourself. 
you can order one for one of our upcoming hospital visits that we'll deliver, you know, on our next visit, or you can order one for a deployed service member. And we get requests constantly from deployed units that want our calendars. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, so, I mean, do you I – don't, I don't know a delicate way to ask this, but I'm going to try my best. So, obviously, there's, there's a – you know, when you're doing pinups – um, back in the 40s, this was a little risque. It's not super edgy. Nowadays, what you're doing is relatively tame. But do you do you ever get any backlash from, I don't know, certain commands or, uh, you know, staff members at hospitals? Mm-hmm. Do, they, do they look at this and go, oh, you know, that's... You know, I think that initially there's a certain connotation that goes with the word pinup. And sometimes I think, I have named the organization something different. But when we're there, you know, in the hospital, often the staff, before we even leave, will ask us, when are you coming back? Because they can see the impact that it has on the patient. So I think if there is any prejudgment, that all goes away once people realize and understand what it is. And we actually are dressed pretty conservatively like the dresses from the 40s are usually below the knee um and with sleeves and so we're actually dressed more conservatively than uh, a lot of times you know what people are wearing today sure sure what what about <laughs> what about uh the spouses of some of these uh these older vets i mean do the do the wives ever you know kind of look at you sideways no they ask how can they be in the calendar or they ask how they <laughs> we actually have a lot of our um Male volunteers are military spouses. I, I actually get a lot of orders for from women buying the calendar for their husbands and boyfriends. Oh, that's great! Yeah, I mean the thing is, is that I just think that like it's it's it is to me about female empowerment. A lot of the women in the calendar have said that it's helped them to reclaim their femininity after getting out of the service. Um, the lady veterans, when we go into the hospitals, they love meeting with their fellow female veterans, especially, you know, because these are the women that paved the way for them. And so when we're, let's say we go into a room and there's a female veteran, the, our volunteers just love spending time, you know, with, with the lady veterans because there's that, you know, that sisterhood. And, and I can see it. I mean, it's just, it's such a magical connection. Oh, that makes that makes total sense. That bond that they have that that sort yeah. of yeah you know, transcends all the all the generations. Yeah. So let's say let's say I wanted you know I'm looking at your stuff and I think man it'd be great to have you all at whatever the thing mm-hmm. is. How does somebody line that up? Do they do they just contact you directly? Is there is there like yeah, a PR agency? Usually, like an individual or business in the area, and and they'll email me and they'll say, hey Gina, we want to do something special for the veterans in our community, and so it's like I said, usually an individual or um, or a business will sponsor our visits. Um, and so that's what we're always looking for because we can't do what we do with that, without that kind of support. Well, I mean, so, so, um, my, ne- are there appearances or venues? I mean, obviously you want to do stuff that's vet centric, right? But mm-hmm. are, are yes. there any, uh, are there any, uh, I don't know, I guess events or venues, venues, the right word that you will not go to, you will not agree to, to participate or visit? I- we're usually visiting we usually visit hospitals, state veterans homes, and military hospitals. You know, veterans hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, and we 
we were just down, you know, at the Clever Talks conference down in San Diego. Um, I'm not sure. I think I would have to know an example <laughs> of what that would be. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, like, you, you know, you re- watch TMZ, right, or you read, or you uh-huh. you read one of these these gossip rags, and they're like, oh, you know, uh, Mar- Mariah Carey played at the, uh, you know. Uh, Sawdall Bin's birthday party and was paid fourteen million dollars to sing three songs. I mean, uh, w- well, like if somebody we, said to you, Gina, hey, I've got my, I've got my birthday, my fiftieth birthday coming up. Uh-huh. Um, I'd love to have you there, and it's going to be a, a birthday quasi fundraiser. All the money will go to a vet thing, but we're only going to have twenty people there. Would you do that? Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, we we have done small things. I mean, yeah, we've, you know, there was a family once that reached out to me. Um, Someone in their family was um, had ter- a terminal illness, and we actually went out there um, to spend some time with them. And so, uh, yeah, we do like small things, big things, but mostly we're we're in hospitals. I would say for the most part. Did you? I mean, did did you plan it that way, or did it just sort of work out that way? I mean, I I think my focus has been on veterans health care, hmm. so that's why. No, and, and we also donate rehab equipment. We've donated nearly $60,000 worth of rehab equipment Whoa. to different hospitals. So, yeah, I think I started off because I wanted to do something to, to make an impact within the healthcare world of veterans. And so we've, we try to stay along those lines. So, I mean, that's a, that's a good chunk of money to just sort of hand over. So when it comes to fundraising, mm-hmm. is I, I, I mean— Obviously, the calendar is is a driver for that. Do you mm-hmm. do you go out? I mean, do you attempt other, um, I, I guess, means or avenues of raising money? Mm-hmm. Well, it's we have a large fundraiser store online, uh, so we have the calendars and lots of other items: mugs, flasks, posters, wristbands, postcards, lots of fun, you know, vintage-inspired items. And then we also get private donations, you know, as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, just different kind of got to You got to think outside the box. Like when it comes to fundraising these days, it's not just, just grants, you know? Um, so we try to try to think outside the box when it comes, how can we raise money? You know, because the more people are aware of what we do, the more we can do within the community. Sure. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so people can go in, they can buy all that swag off the, off mm-hmm. the website and hook yeah. up, hook up their relatives. Yeah. <laughs> During the holidays, a lot of people go shopping on our website, which is really nice. So do you have, I mean, you, you've been at this, uh, more than a week. So do you have a pretty good relationship? I mean, obviously you're busy, but do you have a good relationship with other veteran groups in the area or even or even nationwide or, or are you sort of a standalone kind of do your own thing no we collaborate i feel like we're constantly collaborating with other veteran nonprofits. i really like collaborating because i feel like you can attempt so much more together um so actually other nonprofits are always asking us like hey can you guys be at our event um so we're always you know doing things with other you know veteran groups Ah, that you know what? That's actually a great idea because you would totally compliment anybody else's event. Yeah, we get asked a lot actually. I mean it's <laughs> a pretty consistent thing. Like I get emails all <laughs> can you guys come out to this or can you guys come out to that? So we try to support as much as we can. That's awesome. Oh, you know what? I did leave out one question. 
and this might sound silly to you, but I'm, I've always been curious. So uh, the people who, uh, you know, they tee up, they, they apply, right? You send out the casting notice, you get the mm-hmm. response. Um, you start digging through people. You start to whittle it down. Mm-hmm. If, and obviously I, I'm not going to apply, but if I wanted to, would I have to have some kind of a skill, meaning uh, singing, dancing, juggling? No, no, because it's just a photo shoot. You know, we... Um we try to select awesome locations. You know, our supporters love vintage aircraft, vintage vehicles. So we actually shot the whole calendar this year on the Queen Mary, which is down in Long Beach. It used to be a cruise liner, and then it was converted to be a troop transport ship during World War II, transported over 800,000 troops. So I thought that would be an awesome you know, place to shoot um, and special also having our, our female veterans of today pose on the ship. Um, so yeah, nobody needs a special skill <laughs> in order to be in the calendar. <laughs> Just asking. You never know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about, what about the people that go out to the hospital visits? I mean, is that the same kind of thing or, or, cause I mean, you do yeah, some I kind mean, of performance. We're literally just spending time. I, you know, there's a famous quote, like time is the most precious thing that you can give because it's the one thing that you can't get back. And so I just think that spending time and being in the rooms with the patients and a lot of times they'll just talk to us, you know, tell us stories. And I think they just want somebody to listen. So that, you know, that doesn't take any talent just to, just to be there and be there for them and listen. Oh, that's, you know what, that's a great statement on, on so much in life. That's, that's so accurate. Yeah, Uh, I think so. So what's, uh, apart from the calendar, which, which is already out and people can already get a hold of it, what's the big stuff coming up in 2019 for y'all? Gosh, I think just to continue, you know, with what we're doing with the hospital tour, we've uh, we visited 31 states. So the goal is to visit at least, you know, one veterans hospital, state veterans home in every state in the U.S. Uh, we've actually visited with over 12,000 veterans. Whoa. And, and that's individually, like in, in the rooms, you know. Uh, so I hope to continue the tour and, and get to... 50, all 50 states at one point. Um, I just hope to continue, you know, carrying out our mission. And sometimes things come up that are kind of out of the blue. And in fact, we just organized a free introductory salsa class for veterans in the Southern <laughs> California area a couple weeks ago. So it was so fun. And I was just standing there looking at this because we had this you know, huge line of veterans. A lot of them were combat Iraq and Afghanistan veterans doing salsa. And I don't know, there's just something very special about that to me. So we like to do unique things to support the community. So, um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, what was going to, things come up every year. Um, but it, I mean, I just hope to continue our hospital visits, to continue shipping care packages, you know, to continue donating rehab equipment, just to continue making an impact within the veteran community. Well, you, you certainly are, because like I said, I, so many people instantly recognize uh, your group, what you're doing, the photos. I mean, and there's also a certain it's not just it's not just the period dress. It's it's the way the the, the photography is done. Like it's it's mm-hmm. instantly recognizable. So, yeah, no, you're doing it. You're doing a great thing, Gina. You really are. Thank you. And I, I do like to think that we're getting the stories of female veterans out there because the ladies in the calendar, people want to know about them. They want to know, who is she? What did she do in the military? And so it's sort of the first step to get 
these amazing stories of our female veterans out there. And, and the women vets, uh, in particular, really need that kind of help because they don't get the spotlight. They don't get a lot of attention. And, mm-hmm. you know, you hear all these stories about, uh, you know, yeah. a, a, a woman vet who, who's out with her husband eating dinner and somebody says something about a veteran, they automatically turn to the husband, you know. Absolutely. And that's the, that is the thing that the lady veterans tell me all the time is people assume, automatically assume that, that it's their husband that serves. And so I think we really need to change the narrative that to open people's minds to the fact that, you know, our, we have incredible ladies that are in the military as well. And what a, what a crazy juxtaposition that you're using something that's, you know, sort of a, a mindset from 70 years ago, at least image-wise, <laughs> and you're juxtaposing that on, like, you know, modern, uh, modern mores or, or trying to change the construct. So that's, that's actually well, kind of cool, I too. Like I mean, I like to surprise people, and to me, you know, I I like the fact that when you know they'll see these women and they'll say she's a veteran, and I'll say yeah, you know, she's a vet, and it's like it kind of makes them think, oh, you know, maybe I prejudge, maybe I prejudge that, you know. So <laughs> I think I think it's an interesting thing to do. It just makes people think, you know. It'd make an interesting case study. <laughs> for sure yeah, and I think it also goes to show it, there's not one thing that a female service member is she can be so many things and she can look so many ways oh agreed agreed yes mm-hmm. and this is definitely underscoring that um, <laughs> so no Gina th- thanks so much for that what's your uh, give us your website again sure it's pinupsforvets.com dot com okay so if anybody wants anybody listening wants some swag you want the calendar uh, if you're a business and you're interested in hosting a uh, large-scale, um, you know, big-dollar veteran event, and you can and you can <laughs> sponsor the pinups for vets to come out, uh, definitely hit them up. That's on the website, right? Yes, they can just reach out to us on the website. Okay, awesome. So I, I hope you get some bites on that one. Thank um, you. But that's about it. Anything to add, Gina? No, I really appreciate it. No, this has been great, and I I certainly appreciate your time, and I appreciate everything you're doing, because I know it makes a difference in so many lives. Thank you so much. Gina Lee's the founder of Pinups for Vets. And that'll do it for this episode of The Veterans Report. Until next time, I'm your host, Jim Cannon. You've been listening to The Veterans Report. Let others know about the show. You can find us online at theveteransreport.com. If you'd like to contact us, send an email to editor at theveteransreport.com. Join us again at the same time for up-to-date veterans news and information. The Veterans Report, thank you for your service and carry on. The Veterans Report has been sponsored by James Cannon.